glad that you had uh, no other plans uh, than to come to church. So thank you. Uh, I'm glad my name is Michael. I am the, the Youth and Young Adults Pastor here at Eastside City Church. And uh, Pastor Todd and Jan uh, with their family are away this weekend. And so uh, he said, hey, can you continue our series on the heart? And so today I'm going to talk about the overflow of the heart. The overflow of the heart. And I want to read our key passage in Proverbs 4.23. It says this, above all else... Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. That's been our key passage. We've been looking at that. You can look back at the podcast and see uh, what Pastor Todd has to say in in the previous weeks. I want to go and jump to Luke 6.45, where Jesus, talking to his disciples, says this. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Notice the intentionality there. Stored up. This is not just one thing put in, one thing taken out. This is, this is a multitude. You've been storing it up. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I want to ask you today, how well do you know your soul? How well do you know the condition of your heart? Uh, my guess is that we would probably say, yeah, I, I have a, a pretty good grasp of that. I know how it is. You can say, well, you know, I, I know maybe there's some areas I need to work on, but but most part it's been doing pretty good. Uh, we're going to look today just at the overflow of the heart and examine how well do we really know our soul. Let me pray before we go any further. Father God, I thank you for today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy, God. I thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives, would you touch our hearts today? I thank you for this in your precious name. Amen. Well, I want to establish uh, just a few assumptions, a few assumptions that we've kind of been making the past couple weeks, assumptions that I think regardless of whether you are agnostic, whether you are Christian, or whether you're an atheist, I think we could probably agree pretty closely with where things are at with this. And uh, my first assumption is the importance of our thoughts in our destiny. The importance that our thoughts can, can control and have an impact and influence our destiny. They, they have the ability to influence how we feel and uh, what, uh, what we're thinking. You can have that, uh, that young man who, who's maybe thinking about asking out that, that girl that he's been eyeing for a little while. And, and based on his thoughts, maybe he has uh, good emotions, maybe he has negative emotions, and, and he's processing things. Uh, well, you know, I just, I don't know, maybe it's going to be really good. Hey, maybe she's going to say yes, that's going to be great. Uh, but what if she says no, and ah, I'm going to be crushed, and I don't know. And so he's thinking through this, and Based off of his thoughts, his emotions can be changed. And based off of uh, his feelings, he might decide whether he's going to go for it or not. We have all sorts of situations in our life where we can do this. And, and that is why uh, we begin to, to say, hey, well, I want my kids to go and hang around good kids. Uh, I'll parents come up to me in the youth group and be like, hey, I need my kid to, to start coming to the youth group so some of those good kids can start rubbing off on them. <laughs> Yeah, and then I got the, the 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 parent, the other parent, saying, oh, "I'm not sure I'm going to keep bringing my kid to youth group because those bad kids are starting to rub off on them. There's, they're not actually rubbing, but we're saying, hey, I'm, I want my kid, and we would say this for our own lives, my guess and my assumption is that, hey, we're saying, I want to be around positive people. I want to be around people that are going to bring things up. I want to, I want to make sure my kids are around positive people so that they're, they're starting to think positively. They're, they're going to say good things. Their emotions are maybe going to be kept in check, and so we have all, all, these, all these assumptions. Assumption number two, 
Assumption number two is I'm assuming that we all know that we should be putting good things into our thoughts and into our heart. Right? It's kind of like I know I should be eating healthy. It doesn't mean I am, but I know I should be. And so we can kind of say, well, I know maybe I'm not putting uh, a lot of garbage in, Michael, but it's mostly good things going into my heart and into my thoughts. And so we go from there. And we have things like um, the, the movement for positive thinking, where people are like, hey, uh, you're going you're to think positively. You're going to declare these thoughts into your life and just think the best about situations and, and go from there. And it'll, it'll change your life and it'll change your destiny. And you can go through all these things. And And my thought is to not comment on that today. My thought is to say, hey, maybe there's something about going deeper than that. Because my assumption sometimes is when I look and I'm like, well, my thoughts can control my destiny. Even science is beginning to tell us, hey, it can alter your emotions towards uh, something, towards an event, towards people, towards food, if you just think enough. And, and based off of that, based off of the assumption that uh, my thoughts are really important, based off the assumption that, hey, uh, I want to be putting good things in, I just sort of assume that I know the condition of my soul. I know that ev- what's going on in there completely. So I want to go to a story today in 1 Samuel 13. If you have your Bible, you can, you can go there. We're going to take a look at it. Because uh, my assumption was kind of proven wrong in my life, where I began to realize that, I might have a good grasp of a lot of things, but I don't have a grasp of everything. And we need God, we need the Holy Spirit to touch certain areas of our life. In 1 Samuel 13, we get to a story with King Saul. He is the king of the Israelites, and they've been doing pretty good for themselves so far. And then we have... Samuel the prophet, and Samuel's going to kind of come on the scene, and they're going to have some interaction. And in 1 Samuel 13, they, the Philistine army is coming, and the Israelites, they, they tried to start counting, and they realize that they are innumerable. They're going around, they're like, hey, well, why don't you, you count that section of the Philistines, and I'll count this one, you count that one, and, and they can't, it's outnumbered. They, are, they know it's going to be a massacre. This is not looking good. And uh, Saul has been told by the prophet Samuel to wait seven days. And then they're going to do the customary offering where the prophet Samuel, who has been told by God, the, the prophet of the Lord, is to do the sacrifice. Where They're, they're going to go and they're going to seek God's will and find out the plan. And so we're, we're going to pick it up in the middle of verse 7 here, 1 Samuel 13, 7. It says, Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, hey, uh, how, how hard is it to do this sacrifice thing? Well, well King Saul, it's a pretty, pretty basic sacrificial procedure, slash and hack. Light it on fire. Eh, pretty basic. So, so you, you, think, you think we could do it? Well, I mean, we are technically not certified to do those sort of sacrificial procedures. But I think King Saul, considering the situation, day and eight, nothing's been happening. Morale is an all-time low. I, I think we, we could probably do it. So 
So Saul says, uh, bring me the burnt offering and fellowship offering. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived. Is that like a little bit of a coincidence? I, I, it's not in the Bible, so don't, don't, don't go make theology out of this, but I'm just wondering if maybe Samuel was there off in the bushes just kind of looking and seeing what Saul was doing. Day number eight. What are you going to do, Saul? What's going to happen? And so, so he arrives. What have you done? Hey, 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 Samuel, how's it going, prophet of the Lord? Man, you must have had quite a journey. Well, why don't we get you hooked up? You have a coffee this morning? Hey, guys, just get rid of the sacrifice. Hide it. Clear the altar. Samuel's here. Hey, why don't we go ahead? Why don't we just grab some breakfast? Come on over. I got a two-for-one coupon, Mickey D's. We'll go grab something real quick. It's going to be great. Well, what have you done, Saul? Listen to, listen to Saul's reply. When I saw the men were scattering, and you, you didn't show up, Samuel. You, you said you were going to show up, and you, did, you were a no-show. And, uh, and the Philistines, they were assembling. And I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. I like the ESV version. I'll read this to you. ESV version says, I ha- so I, can I see it? There we go. So I forced myself. I, I didn't want to, Samuel. Well, I mean, they basically had to take my hands and force me to make the sacrifice. I mean, I was going to stay strong, but, but the men, they were, they were scared. Oh. You've done a foolish thing, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. I began to just look at, at areas of my life where I realize that, that maybe, I, uh, maybe I don't have this all figured out. Maybe I don't understand everything that's going on in my soul. <laughs> and uh, Paul, in the New Testament, he, he writes this. He says, every time I want to do good, evil is present. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I, I don't do, I end up doing it. Oh, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament, he, he's, a pretty big, he, he's a pretty big figure in the Bible. I mean, I think if there's somebody who would have had to figure it out, Paul, Paul would have figured out his motives and his tensions, what was really going on. And David, he, he writes this in, in Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I, I call this the uh, kick the, the cat syndrome, kick the, kick the dog. You, you know when something's wrong, uh, but, but you can't deal with the issue, or maybe you don't have the power to influence it, so you just kick whatever you can. You're, you're angry at life, you're angry at a situation, and, and instead of dealing with it, or maybe you're trying to deal with it, but you're frustrated with it, 
What's really going on? You hear, do you hear Saul's response? I kind of initially, I'm, I'm with Saul. Hey, wow. <laughs> the, the Philistines, they're coming. You're outnumbered. Your army is leaving. <laughs> and Samuel hasn't even showed up. Yeah, I'd be running for the hills. I, I meant, pass me the sacrifice. But you hear his response. Well, the people... Just this blame game. Everything he said is true. The people were leaving. You didn't show up. The Philistines are about to attack. It's all true. Don't get me wrong here. But come on, Saul. You you got a man up here. Let's get down to the core issue. You didn't think God was going to come through. You didn't trust what was going to happen. And so you took things into your own hands. And I know that there's just some of us here today, if we were to begin to kind of examine some of our outbursts, begin to examine some of the things that are going in our life, that that we would begin to kind of say, hey, yeah, I I realize that I have a legitimate reason, but but there's something going on underneath. Well, officer, (laughs) I was just trying to keep up to traffic. Uh, you, you You should be pulling them over. Well, I wouldn't need to fudge these numbers on my tax return if the, if the government didn't gouge me so much. They're greedy. They weren't so greedy. I wouldn't have to, have to do this. Well, I, I can spend the money the way I want. I, I'm the one paying all the bills around here, so I, I can go ahead and, and do whatever I need to. Well, I just need another drink. I need another drink because it's stressful. There's so many dumb people out there. I mean, it's like I'm the only logical human being out there, and i got to try and lift everybody up and explain. Oh, oh, is that what's going on? Could it be that there's something deeper going on, and I wonder what it was for Saul. Was it distrust? Was it insecurity? Was it a lack of faith? What is it for us? Is it an area of bitterness that's taken root? And so everything that we say is is toxic because we have never dealt with that root issue. Is it because we are offended? Is it because there's abuse in our life that we never dealt with and it's hard to even talk about it? Is it just because there's fear that constantly plagues us and it's become our new normal? Is it because we've never learned how to receive our Father's love for us? And so we'll just take whatever love people can give from those around us. I want the affirmation of those. I hope they like me. I hope they they like my idea at work. I hope they they smile. I hope they they do that. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You ever have those moments? God, why did I just do that? Why did I say that? There's these symptoms and side effects going on of something so much deeper. And you would like to make an excuse and say, well, well, it's it's because it's in my blood. I'm French. Well, it's it's because I'm a man. We're just just wired this way. Honey, you don't understand. This is the way we're wired. Uh, Well, they're just just dumb. They they needed that correction. Uh, God, what what is going on inside of me? What's at the the root of this? God, search me and know my heart. See if there's any anxious ways. And so so David says, search me. It it would appear that there are simply places in our life that only God was meant to search and reveal. 
And no matter how much we try, no matter how hard we go there, no matter how many self-help books we get to, there's got to be this place where we simply say, search me, God. I'm not aware of what's going on. When, when David writes this, this psalm, I kind of always just assumed that he knew what was going on. Yeah, search me, God, know my anxious heart. I kind of know what's going on, but, but God, maybe just, just have a look for yourself. But if you, you look at the context of that, he spends the whole chapter talking about things that he doesn't understand. God, your works are marvelous. I know them full well. I don't understand how, how you know my thoughts. I don't know how you, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I don't understand these things. I don't know how you know my thoughts, but you know my coming and my going. And so his final confession is, search me, God. So how's your soul? Where are you at? Where's your heart, the overflow of what's going on? Well, Psalm, David writes another psalm, and it's kind of after a bit of a frustrating day for him. This is kind of his, his journal entry in Psalms 27, verse 13 to 14. He, he's looking around, and he, he wants to have a healthy heart, but his world's kind of in disarray. He's trying to look at God's divine providence, but uh, there's own, his own depravity going on in his life. And, and you look at David's life, there were some pretty weird things that went on. I'll give you a, a bit of a highlight if you don't know his story very well. And uh, David, this is the same David who was king. And he went and he, w- he fought Goliath at a young age. And he was there and he gives account that he was ripping apart bears and, and lions. And, and so there's a, there, there's, th- this is a man where they were sharing songs about all the victories that were going on in his life. Hey, David has kill, killed 10,000. I mean, he is rocking it. But then you look in these other places of life. And he falls morally. He, he goes and sleeps with another man's wife and then kills that man. He goes and his own son is trying to take over his kingdom and he does nothing about it. And then there's this whole serious issue where somebody in his family gets raped and he does nothing about it. So I think there are places in David's life where he's sort of like, how can I be killing a giant, but I can't deal with my own family here? God, why is it that I'm going to war and I'm not scared of dying, but I can't deal with these issues of my heart and my soul? God, search me. So after a frustrating day, God, people have been gossiping about me. There's distrust going on in my kingdom. Man, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get through this day. I'm not confident of, what, of my own ability uh, as a king of, of Israel. God, I, you just got to help me out here. And Just when you think he, he's going to throw his hands up in the air and walk out on everything. He writes the end of Psalms 27. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. I don't know if you need that today. I think you might. I think there's some of us here who just might need that today. It would seem that the prescription for a healthy soul is for us to be confident in the Lord. To be confident, not, not because of what I want to do or what I think my willpower can achieve, but confident in who he is. To be confident in it because my natural tendency is to doubt. I like that it says wait for the Lord twice because it's like God wrote that for me because I would have a natural tendency to just run on ahead. It's like, 
Hey, Michael, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart. Okay, God, good, got it, be strong, wait. Okay, yeah, good, come on. No, Michael, just take a moment. You ever have that kid? You're like, hey, just, just wait a second. And they're like, no, you didn't get it. Just, just wait a moment. I just, I'm, I'm loading the groceries onto the belt here. I just need you to not touch every candy bar right now. I need you to not run off. Just, just wait. This, this is God and me in this moment. <laughs> Michael, just wait. I'm glad David had those moments too. Just, just wait. Be strong and take heart. I wonder if Saul had heard those words, if it would have changed things for him. Hey, Saul, the Philistines are moving in. What are we going to do? Hey, just, just be strong and take heart. Hey, uh, hey, Saul, some of the men, actually most of them have left. What did, what did you want us to do? I've seen God do more with less. Let him go. Hey, uh, hey Saul, uh, Prophet Samuel, he's a no-show. What, what do you want to do? Be confident and wait for the Lord. Be confident, take heart, be strong, wait for the Lord. But wherever you might be, in your life. Well, maybe you, you received that doctor's report. And you're saying, I'm not feeling confident right now with where things are heading. Take heart. Oh, well, well, God, uh, you, you don't understand. My, my children aren't serving the Lord. And what are you going to do? I got to take things into my own hands. and uh, Just wait for the Lord. Michael, I'm anxious about the future and what, what's going to take place. And finances, uh, I don't know what's going to take, uh, what's going to happen. Uh, Michael, what, what's going what's to take place? God, what are you doing? You got to intervene and be strong and take heart. Wait for the Lord. But Michael, you don't understand. I'm angry all the time because of what they did. I'm angry all the time. I'm not even sure why. Search me, oh God, and know my anxious thoughts. Michael, every single time I see that person, it, it's like my, my emotional radar detector just goes off and I can feel just inside of me uh, the temperature's increasing. I mean, we, we think that sometimes I'm, I'm always talking about external reactions, but no, this, this can be internal. I mean, outwardly, you still got the Christian smile on, but inwardly, oh man, if we could take the temperature, we would know you're boiling. Oh, God, I'm glad I'm not the only one. God, search my heart. What's going on? You got to help me with this. This, uh, this became pretty real for me almost two years ago. I wanted my heart to overflow with good things. I wanted, I wanted to be able to say, hey, God, look, look I'm get flowing out with, with goodness. But I was uh, just kicking the dog. Coming home, just I'm just angry. God began to work on my heart. The summer of 2015, life is cruising. My wife and I, at that point, we had uh, two kids, two girls, and my wife was pregnant with the third. And we were on vacation with my brother and his wife, and he has two girls about the same age, and so they're playing. We're having a good time, and uh, one night uh, I wake up with uh, with a dream. I wake up with a nightmare. Just, just weird out of nowhere. And I have a dream that, that we lose our unborn child. 
And just, just before I wake up, I feel like there's, there's a name that's just dropped into my head. And I, I was kind of like, God, oh, that's, that's weird. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. I, is that. Is that like the name of my, my kid? I, I don't know. That's not something I've been thinking about. And it's just, what is that for? And you, you kind of wake up from that and you're like, this is weird. Like, I, I got to like rebuke this thing. And I, you're like groggy. I'm just, I'm going back to bed. Like, that's weird. Fall asleep. And I, I do not think about it again. Just, all right, done. Uh, a few days later, we're, we're back home in, here in Calgary, and uh, my wife comes up to me and says, Michael, something's wrong. Uh, okay. I think I need to go to the doctor. Yeah, go, go, go for the doctor. Go see what the doctor says. Let's, let's figure things out. Hey, you've been through this thing again. You, 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 know, you know this. I'm here to support you. Okay, go for it. Goes to the doctor, they schedule her for an emergency ultrasound. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. That's sure they've got to do that. That's just part of the part of the process. Okay, we we show up and we're we're in the room, just kind of waiting for the ultrasound tech. She's going through her things and measuring stuff, and things are going off. And you're trying to be strong, if not only for your wife, just for your own sanity. Hey, it's, it's going to be okay, honey. We're going to get through this. Hey, whatever the results are, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. God, it's going to be okay, right? It's a, I, doctor comes in. Yeah, you, you've had a miscarriage. Fetus has no heartbeat. It's underdeveloped. Blah, 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 blah. More medical jargon. At this point, I've zoned out. I feel like a flashbang has just gone off in my head. My wife's crying, trying to, to keep it together. I think you, doctor, just give us a moment here. We, we drive home, and uh, I, I still remember exactly where I was on the Deerfoot when I remember the dream. And I'm angry with God now. God, you gave me a dream about this? Why would you do that? Was I supposed to pray more? Was I, was I supposed to rebuke something? Is this spiritual? Is it, well, what is going on? Why, why would you do this? Is this you? Well, God, I'm confused. Is there sin in my life? Was there sin in my family's life? Well, what is going on? Because God, people have blessed this child and people have prayed over this child. And I'm pretty sure we did everything right. And so what's going on? And there's a part of you that's trying to, to, to just give God a piece of your mind. And then another part of you that's like, hey, well, Michael, medically, this is just something, it just happens. It's just, uh, you know, it's an unfortunate circumstance. And I'm sort of like, yeah, I don't serve a God of just unfortunate circumstances. So, so God, what's going on here? What's your game plan? <laughs> your soul is in disarray. Oh, I got, got things flowing out of my heart now, God, come on. And I remember the name. God, I don't understand this. And it was, it's like God just, just took a veil off my mind. It, it wasn't so much the name, it was what the name meant. Emmanuel, God with us. God, I don't understand this still. Why would you? You're here? 
yeah, I'm here, Michael. And I wish I could explain everything to you. Right, right there in that moment, it was as if God was just had his arms around me, tears in his eyes, tears in my eyes, just saying, hey, hey, Michael, I wish I could explain everything to you right now. And it's not going to make sense right now. It's not clear. I understand that. But I want you to know, I needed you to know that I'm with you. Be confident. Take heart. Be strong. Wait for the Lord. I just feel like there's some people here today. Well, whatever you might be going through, you might be saying to yourself, Michael, what I want to overflow is I want health and I want good things to overflow. But what is going on? It hurts. And so I, I, I haven't been able to produce anything that, that's good and, and flow from righteousness because what's going on inside is disarray and chaos because there's some situations that I haven't been able to unveil and get dealt with. And God is just saying, hey, search. Ask me to search your heart. Ask me to uncover truth. Be confident of this. Be confident of this. In the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your anguish, be confident in what I'm going to do. Be confident in my timing. And today, maybe there's just some people here. I, I was praying and God just put it on my heart. Well, I, I was just beginning to see some, some men and some women who, who would rise up just in their souls, where their, their souls have just been uh, just depleted. And God today just wants to, to breathe on you. Just give you some, give you some more hope to, to give you a little bit more for, for tomorrow and for the, for the next week and begin to say, Hey, I want your soul to come alive again. I want you to awaken again. Let me search your heart. Let me, let me put some confidence into your sails again. Whatever might be, whatever might be going on, that we would begin to minister not in a place of deficit but of health and wholeness to our family, to our kids, in our friends, in our, to our coworkers, to our neighbors, that we begin to catch that I don't need to have all the answers, that I don't need to have it all figured out. And there's going to be areas that, that I wish I could understand, but, but it's okay because I'm going to remain confident of this, that I'm going to see the Lord's goodness in my time. I just need to wait for the Lord. I'm just going to be strong. I'm just going to take heart. I'm just going to wait for God. Come on, some of you today, this is a message of hope. This is a message you needed to just kind of wake up and say, hey, yeah, I've been hurting and I've just been living out of this place where hurt people are hurting people. And say, hey, can we stop that today? And just say, God, search my heart. Know me. God, I'm waiting for you. Let me pray for you right now. Can we close our eyes, bow our heads? Father God, I thank you that you are a good father. I thank you that despite my my emotions or my thoughts, I can wait on you with confidence. I can wait in your timing. I can wait for your strength. I don't need my own strength. I just need your strength. I don't need my own confidence. I'm just needing your confidence. So God, today, is there are places in our lives that we just need you to unravel for us, would your healing touch come? God, for those who are experiencing heartache, would you touch their heart? For those filled with anger, 
Would today be a moment to say, I'm going to deal with this. For those in disarray, bring clarity. God, I don't imagine that this this prayer is going to fix things. We're just praying that we can start this process. We're just praying that you're going to give us strength and courage to start this process. Father God, I thank you for today. In your precious name, amen. 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 God is good. God is good.